Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we are going to be talking about the idea of free college, which depending on how you look at it, might be an either terrifying or tantalizing concept. And just so you know, this video is actually a companion video to an episode we put out last week that looked at whether college was still worth it for students considering how expensive tuition currently is. Last week, we talked about things like average student debt and tuition prices, as well as the expected salaries of different majors. So if you're interested in any of that, then I recommend you check out that video for sure. It was a pretty thorough one if I do say so myself. But for now, let's talk about free college. Now, the idea of free college, or should I say taxpayer-funded college, is one that's been getting more and more popular. Democrats like Bernie Sanders, who incidentally is also one of the frontrunners to be the Democratic Party's presidential nominee, have supported tuition-free taxpayer-funded college. And that concept was also included in the Green New Deal that was proposed by Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now, aside from the moral implications of arguing that someone else should be responsible Responsible for paying for your education, one of the biggest issues that arises with the concept of free college is the question of feasibility, namely, where is all that money going to come from and how much would it cost anyway? Well, according to one USA Today article in 2017, quote, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders introduced a bill last week which would abolish tuition and fees at public four-year colleges and universities for students from households making $125,000 or less per year and would make community college tuition-free for students from all income levels. Sanders said the bill would also cut student loan interest rates in half by allowing Americans to refinance their debts at the lowest interest rates possible and triple funding for the federal work-study program. Sanders admitted that the plan is costly and wants Wall Street to pay for it. Now, some people say that this legislation is expensive, and they're right. It is, he said. Well, I'll tell you how we're going to pay for it. We are going to ask Wall Street to end their speculation. We're going to put a speculation tax on Wall Street. The estimated cost of the program is $47 billion a year. That would cover, Sanders estimates, 67% of the $70 billion it costs for tuition at public colleges and universities. States, he proposes, would cover the remaining 33%. $47 billion per year of federal government spending alone, not even counting state spending? That is a lot of money. But I have to say, even though I don't support 100% taxpayer-funded college, I'm a big supporter of work-study programs of any type, and I do think that the current interest rate of student loans should be discussed. But I think one of the biggest problems with Bernie's bill, morality aside, I'm just talking in terms of practicality here, is that it doesn't address exactly why college in the U.S. is so expensive. All it does is say, the government will pay for it. Because regardless of who's paying for it, whether it's individual students or the government or even a mix of the two, the main conversation that should be happening right now, which for some reason isn't, is how to lower the price of American college so it's not so expensive in the first place. Like we mentioned in last week's video, the US is one of the most expensive places to get a public college education, second to just the UK, and when it comes to private colleges, it is the most expensive. This is like the American healthcare debate all over again. Instead of asking why prices are so high to begin with, people are just arguing over who's gonna pay for it. How about we lower the price of college first, that way it's less of a strain to pay for regardless of who's paying for it. One of the many reasons why colleges have gotten so expensive in the U.S. is that they have become essentially bloated bureaucracies. According to CNBC, in the past 30 years with prices adjusted for inflation, tuition at private four-year institutions has more than doubled, and at public four-year institutions, it's more than tripled. With such a huge price increase, you might be inclined to think, man, those professors must be making bank nowadays. But you'd be wrong. 
According to Paul Campos, a law professor at the University of Colorado in Boulder, quote, interestingly, increased spending has not been going into the pockets of the typical professor. Salaries of full-time faculty members are, on average, barely higher than they were in 1970. Moreover, while 45 years ago, 78% of college and university professors were full-time, Today, half of post-secondary faculty members are lower-paid part-time employees, meaning that the average salaries of the people who do the teaching in American higher education are actually quite a bit lower than they were in 1970. So if professors aren't being paid more to teach, then what's responsible for the huge price increases? The professor concludes that, quote, a major factor driving increasing costs is the constant expansion of university administration. According to the Department of Education data, administrative positions at colleges and universities grew by 60 percent between 1993 and 2009, which Bloomberg reported was 10 times the rate of growth of tenured faculty positions. Even more strikingly, an analysis by a professor at California Polytechnic University found that while the total number of full-time faculty members in the CSU system grew from 11,614 to 12,019 between 1975 and 2008, the total total number of administrators grew from 3,800 to 12,183, a 221% increase. That is a shocking amount of growth. And yes, it is natural that colleges would be bigger now than they were 30 years ago, considering that there are just more students now. But the growth in colleges has been almost entirely among administrators who aren't even responsible for actually teaching the students in the first place. So why are there so many more administrators now than in the past? Well, have you noticed that Almost every college now has a diversity department. I'm pretty sure those weren't around in the 70s. I'm not actually suggesting that social justice initiatives are the core reason why tuition is so high currently, but if Americans do want to lower prices, then they have to be willing to cut loose some of these bureaucrats. And actually, if Americans do want to cut administrative costs, then they may be interested in something that's going on in the Canadian province of Ontario. You see, in Canada, college isn't completely free for students, but it is partially subsidized by the government. So when the price of college started getting too high in Ontario, the provincial government implemented a new plan to lower costs, which included something called a student choice initiative, which essentially would let students opt out of certain services. As one of the MPPs involved, Marilee Fullerton said, quote, student fees in Ontario can range as high as $2,000 per year and too often force students to pay for services they do not use and organizations they do not support. We will ensure students have transparency and freedom of choice regarding the campus services and organizations which get access to their money. So basically, if a student isn't using a specific service that is attached to their university, then they won't have to pay for it, which sounds totally reasonable to me, but Go figure, administrators don't like this approach. As the Ottawa Citizen reports, quote, Brad Evoy is the volunteer outreach and program coordinator at the Carleton chapter of the Ontario Public Research Interest Group, a social justice and environment organization that has groups working on projects ranging from scrutinizing the university's investments to screening radical films. As it stands, the organization is funded by $7 from every student. He's not sure how many people would opt out of the fee. There is concern that this puts us in a precarious spot. Helia Dutaghi, vice president of Carleton University's Graduate Students Association, said the change in the government's policy will limit funding to groups such as the Muslim Students Association, which could affect their ability to operate. Oh well, what are you gonna do? But some other costs that could be addressed in order to lower tuition prices are athletics departments. Coming from a school like USC, I always just kind of assumed that athletic departments actually 
actually brought in money for colleges. But apparently that's only true for some colleges and very, very untrue for others. According to one NCAA report, quote, a total of 20 athletics programs in the FBS or football bowl subdivision reported positive net revenues for the 2013 fiscal year. In 2013, there were 123 FBS schools, so only about one in six of those programs were actually profitable. The report also continued that the median net generated revenues for those surplus programs was $8,449,000 in 2013, while the median net deficit for the remaining programs was $14,904,000 in 2013. The gap between the financially successful programs and others remained relatively even at just over 23 million in 2013. So depending on how good your school is, football can either be a big money maker or an even bigger money loser. And now I know that football and just sports and athletics in general are really important for a lot of Americans, even if it means you have to pay more for them at colleges. But whether you want to cut those costs or not, I do think they're important to at least keep in mind when you compare American universities to those in other countries. I've heard tons of Americans say things like, why can't university be cheaper like in Canada or free like in Germany? But it's like in neither of those countries do colleges have the types of programs or facilities that they do in the US, which isn't necessarily a bad thing in my opinion, but we just need to remember that a lot of the time you do get what you pay for. Would Americans be willing to give up tailgating and college football if it meant cheaper tuition? I don't know. And next, this brings us to the huge stinking elephant in the room when it comes to high tuition prices, and that's government involvement. It's been argued by many that today's high tuition prices are in part due to government involvement in student loans. According to economist Richard Vedder, quote, in 1978, Congress passed a bill known as the Middle Income Student Assistance Act. This made all undergraduates, regardless of income class, eligible for subsidized loans and middle income students eligible for Pell Grants. So more and more students started applying for financial aid. Better also explained that knowing that students will get this financial aid money, the university raises fees and takes advantage to capture that themselves. And citing a statistic from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, Better also said that for every new dollar of federal student aid, tuition is raised by 65 cents. Now, obviously, by trying to make student loans more accessible, the federal government was trying to encourage more people to go to university. But in the long run, I think students have been hurt by this policy. And that's what's really interesting to me about this whole conversation. When it comes to high tuition prices, people often like to blame the government, which I think is fair to some extent, or capitalism, which I think is ridiculous, but we never really talk about who is actually to blame for these high prices, and that's the colleges themselves. All of these students who are saddled with student loans, which I do agree is a problem, don't you find it interesting how we're so much more likely to see them protesting outside of government buildings instead of outside of university buildings? Colleges themselves are ultimately responsible for these high tuition prices. And if you ask me, they need to be feeling a lot more heat when it comes to this current high tuition conversation. Because whether it's individual students or the government that is paying for tuition, as long as prices remain as high as they are, it's gonna be colleges who are coming out on top. So that's why when it comes to the issue of student loan forgiveness, which is a related concept, people like Will Chamberlain say, don't make taxpayers foot the bill for this insanity. And likewise, maybe it's not the best idea to punish people for a decision they made when they were 18 and not even old enough to buy a beer or rent a car. No, instead we should try to tackle this huge student debt crisis by taking it out of the endowments of these colleges. Now, I don't know how I feel about 
about student loan forgiveness, but I do know that A, it's really strange to me how student loan debt is the only type of debt that doesn't go away when it comes to filing for bankruptcy, and B, if it does happen and if that money is going to come from anywhere, then it should be from these universities that have gotten filthy stinking rich off the backs of poor students and their parents. But anyway, those are just some of my thoughts about this whole free college debate, and as always, I would love to hear yours. Do you support the idea of taxpayer-funded college? Why or why not? And what are some ideas you would have to lower tuition prices? I would love to hear them. But that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.